0: Host your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
1: Good morning. Turn down, baby. Yes, yeah, sir. Right. Bears fans, this is Take the North.
0: It's real simple. You know, if you take a person's legs away, they can't run. With your hosts,
1: David Haw. Are they setting people up for this unrealistic expectation that 2023, they're suddenly going to use that $100 million in cap space and all this draft capital they have? Voila. Playoff contender.
0: And Dan Weederer. And you think suddenly that there, there are going to be 40 new players that are all difference makers.
1: I just don't know what fantasy land that is. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Welcome to the Take the North podcast on your free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You can watch it on the 670 the score YouTube page as well. Dan Weederer, David Haw here talking Bears. Big news. To begin a momentous offseason the Bears get off on a very strong uh first step here Kevin Warren hired as the team president that announcement came nine o'clock on Thursday morning I was on the air we broke into uh make the announcement Dan and it was big news because it leaked a couple weeks ago and once it did I feel like anybody else they would have hired it would have felt like a disappointment Kevin Warren, The commissioner of the Big Ten changes big jobs, goes from one to the other, doesn't have to change addresses because he is in the Chicagoland area but this was a big day for the Chicago Bears.
0: Yeah, David, you and I talked about it Sunday afternoon in the hallway outside the press box at Soldier Field. Some of the increasing chatter that was surrounding the buzz of, about Kevin Warren becoming the team president and CEO for the Chicago Bears. That chatter got really hot on Thursday morning and then ultimately resulted in the Bears announcing it uh, just a few hours later. I was on the phone pretty much all morning uh, with people around the league and elsewhere that have knowledge of who Kevin Warren is and, and, and can offer a pretty detailed, informed scouting report on what the bears just acquired and what i think you are going to see immediately is a guy that comes into a building that has been spinning its wheels in the 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 mud of mediocrity for a quarter century or longer and injects the entire place with a think big energy that is going to be required to accomplish some of the momentous landmark things that people want accomplished one building a new stadium in the suburbs two continuing the pursuit of another championship trophy, to go along with that lonely Lombardi trophy that sits uh, in various places at Hallis Hall when they move it around. Uh, Kevin Warren's entrance into Hallis Hall is going to bring a presence and an impact that is going to be noticeable immediately.
1: I know you've been working the phones. I want to get into some of the details that you've been able to acquire in, in your reporting. Uh, a couple of real quick thoughts just from me, uh, and it bears repeating, said this on the air, and I believe it's still – Kevin Warren is the most qualified person that the bears have ever hired for a big job. They don't typically do this historically, when you look at what the bears have done, whether it's the general manager or the head coach, they have hired people who haven't had a lot of experience doing those things and they learn on the job in Chicago. And I think that's a tough place to learn. So this is already the most qualified guy who they've ever hired. I also think this, and, and I think it, uh, It goes without saying almost, Kevin Warren, as the Big Ten commissioner, doing what he did there, establishing those credentials with the $7 billion rights fees and bringing uh, UCLA and USC into the conference, it made it clear to me the Bears needed Kevin Warren much more than Kevin Warren needed the Bears, and now they've got him.
0: Yeah, well, they've got them and they've got this, this infusion, right? And listen, like one of the reasons this is significant at this period of time for the Bears franchise is because they are trying to close on the purchase of a property of land right down the, the street from where I am right now in Arlington Heights to take advantage of 326 acres of land to build a football fantasy land, right? A, a, a giant Billion-dollar stadium, an entertainment district, uh, residences, multi-use uh, business park, whatever else might be there, they have an opportunity to do something grand. And Kevin Warren is a grand thinker who has experience doing just this very recently. U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis opened in, uh, in 2016. I think it was February of 19. You may be able to tell me better that they hosted the Super Bowl. Uh, they will play host to a, a playoff game this weekend when the Vikings play the Giants and you anybody that's set foot in that building and been part of that game day experience understands that there are little details that we're care of in every part of the process. Kevin Warren was the guy that propelled that entire project and pushed the people below him to make X happen, Y happen, Z happen, to the point that you have a first-class establishment and a first-class experience. That should excite people who are who are purely interested in the stadium aspect of this only. And I'll get into it in a bit, just some of the some of the ripple effect of what this will mean for. Uh, the football team because I think that's an important part of this discussion that we can't overstate or understate.
1: I think it was February of 2018. I remember being there sitting next to our guy biggsy and that was the coldest Super Bowl ever. We're like, <laughs> what in the world are we doing here? And then the building itself kind of sold the experience because it was great. That was the Eagles 41-33 over the Patriots. Remember Nick Foles and the Philly Special. Who could forget that? But we digress. Don't
0: Kevin forget Moore, that the, 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 the Vikings lost to the Eagles the week before. They could have been the first team to that's play right. in their own stadium for a Super Bowl. Right. so Good memory
1: that's there, Dan. Look, reactions coming in from all over. People are excited about this because of what it represents, and it is progress. Kevin Warren not to be overlooked in, in all of this giddiness over what he brings in terms of just competence and stature. He's the first black CEO that the Bears have ever had in their history, and now they have a black general manager, a black um, CEO, and I think that's significant and something the franchise can be proud of. You're hearing reaction from all different parts Uh, LeBron James (laughs) on the Twitter machine. And he said, shout out to my brother, Kevin Warren, on being named the president and CEO of the Chicago Bears. Amazing, my guy. Best of luck. Does that mean that LeBron has abandoned his devotion to the Dallas Cowboys and he's going to be a Bears game?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, David, this speaks to one word that came up from every single person I talk to about Kevin Warren, it's the word connected that Kevin's reach across sports is, is far more vast than you would ever imagine. The fact that LeBron James is chiming in on this hire is, is one small snapshot example that that, that's pretty momentous because it tells you that, that, that he has people's attention. And when you have people's attention that have, power that have influence, you're able to get things done on a regular basis because you know where to go. You know what to do. You know who to ask for what. And these are the things that when you, when you, when you kind of compile the profile on who Kevin Warren is and what has, has made him successful in his career, that's one of uh, probably a, a dozen words that came up repeatedly and it's, it's connection. It's connected.
1: So why do you think in your reporting, what have you found out? Why do you think that this job as the president of the Bears, which could be argued, by some people in the college sports community could be argued and has been presented to me sometimes in, in talking to people on that, that side of the equation as a lateral move. Both are legacy jobs. Both are jobs that you're going to, uh, they're gonna be in the first line of your obituary, whatever that may be. But I think that when you look at moving from Big Ten commissioner to Bears president, what was it that appealed to Kevin Warren most based on your reporting?
0: So, David, we talked about some of this on 670 The Score a few weeks ago when we were kind of first talking about Kevin Warren's candidacy. And the, 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 there's one piece of this that's that's in the role of Big Ten commissioner. You are someone that is answering at all times to uh, athletic directors, football coaches, basketball coaches, people that are used to getting what they ask for granted quickly. And so there's a little tug of war that comes with that that can be exhausting. I think that's probably part of what played into Kevin Warren's thinking. The other part of this, and this is not a well-hidden secret any longer, Kevin Warren has grand aspirations in his career to be the commissioner of the NFL, to be the man who replaces Roger Goodell at the top of the league. And I I, I think that there is a notion uh, that this is a better path to getting there. Uh, particularly with some of the initiatives that you have to do with a new stadium in Chicago, with some of the ventures and and things that you can initiatives you can take on in a city like this, that this can be a great stepping stone to the commissioner of the NFL job. I don't know if that's uh, going to happen. You hear from other people that say that's an unrealistic aspiration, uh, but it's it, obviously we talk about a guy who thinks big. That's one part of it, and then the other part of this, David, I think, is that that there's a a common perception around this league that this franchise right here in Chicago is a sleeping giant. I think Jeff Joniak used those words to us on the air a few weeks ago, and I've heard them repeatedly from others since who have said that, that looked like there is potential within this franchise, within this city, within this organization to do things that have not been done in a long time. And in some cases, never been done before for a think big, aspirational, ambitious person. How could that not be an attractive thing to take on next in your career?
1: Well, let's start the clock because on the day that the Bears announced they were hiring Kevin Warren as their president and CEO, Forbes values them at $5.8 billion. There is a feeling around the league in professional sports that the Bears are a sleeping giant, and maybe that's being kind. Other people have said they've underperformed. Let's find out what they're worth in five years. The move to Arlington Heights, as Mark Gannis told us once on 670, the score, the minute they purchased that land, they they increased their value of the franchise exponentially so you just don't know what they're capable of now they have somebody who has been through that before gotta ask you this because of the connection to the aspirations of being nfl commissioner because of those relationships with the league office and maybe even roger goodell that we know kevin warren probably has <laughs> how much easier does that make it not easy that's the wrong word but how much uh how, how many fewer obstacles might there be in the way if you have to have the league's cooperation and you have to work in concert with the NFL to get a building project like this done.
0: Ask that again, because uh, like.
1: Do you think that the relationships with Goodell, with the league office, him knowing that both it benefits everybody when the Chicago Bears are successful. A new building project may benefit everybody in the yeah. league level. That that knowledge and past forward yeah. relationship, how much will that help them get done what they want to get done in Arlington?
0: How no, I know? think it's absolutely beneficial because the, 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 some of the questions you'll want to ask as you take on this new project are likely questions you've asked in your previous stop in Minnesota when you were going through the same hurdles and obstacles. And so you know how to get from point A to point Z a lot quicker. Uh, you know who to ask for what, you know, what, what some of the, the holdups are, what, what the timeline delays are, what, where, uh, funding comes from, from the league, all these different things. It's just experience, right? You've done it before. Now you're going to go do it again. And so I I think there is a a great benefit to that. I know that there, you know, um, is a thought process that look like all these stadiums are, are, are tremendous nowadays. I would just say that of the new stadiums and, and you can correct me if I'm missing any, but like the ones, um, off the top of my head, that are newer stadiums. If I were to rank them, SoFi is my favorite, okay. by a mile. Then, then US Bank is is number two, it, and it and it's two by itself. And then you go down, uh, you know, I, I uh, oh, Jerry World is is probably my third, and then followed by Vegas Allegiant Stadium, and then you get down to Atlanta, which is still a nice venue, but it's not like the top two or three on the list. And so now, if you have a guy that that can get you, uh, you know one of the top two or three stadiums in 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 all of of sports and you think about all of the things that come with that and then all of the partnerships and all of the sponsorships and all the revenue streams that uh as i wrote at com, will open up like fire hydrants for the bears there is there is some really really big potential to all of this particularly with a guy who knows how to get this done
1: yeah and the us bank stadium was a one billion dollar project which i think is going to be a fraction of what the bears overall cost at Arlington Heights could end up being. We just don't know what that overall price tag will be. It's very premature and early in the process to speculate. But I do think that relationship is going to be an asset more than a liability. And it certainly, it can't hurt because you are bringing somebody new into the equation and you just don't know how that person might get along or be able to, to work those kinds of deals that you need to be worked. Let me ask you this too. The other question that comes up before we get into some other things that you able to unearth yeah Ryan Poles was quoted in the in the press release I don't think that was accidental I'm not sure what what purpose it served and I'm not sure how significant it is and much to, to read into but the general manager was quoted in a press release about the team president <laughs> does that suggest that they are going to be aligned how Dan how did you interpret that and make yeah out of it because I do wonder about oh. the football part of the team president's job.
0: Which is important. And I, I think that you, you're right to use the word suggests, because I do think it suggests that Kevin Warren will have an oversight role of the general manager in those roles. As you know, a year ago, George McCaskey took over those responsibilities from Ted Phillips. As Ted Phillips said, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to concentrate on the stadium project. Can someone else do the performance reviews and the hiring and and firing of the general manager. And so George McCaskey took on that role, somewhat reluctantly, was very honest about saying, I don't really know what I'm doing, and I'm going to need Ryan's guidance to help understand how to oversee Ryan, which tells you a lot about how broken the infrastructure at House Hall often is. I think Kevin wants a say. In overseeing the football part of this operation. And I think he will get it. It's a question we'll obviously have answered officially uh, by Tuesday when, when they hold the, the press conference at House Hall to introduce Kevin Warren. And I think it is absolutely notable that Ryan Poles was quoted in that release because it tells you there's going to be a working relationship, that there is going to be a partnership between the two of them. And I think it's going to be an energizing partnership because I think both of these guys uh, share think big visions, they, they share grand aspirations for what they can accomplish here. What Kevin Warren will bring to that oversight role that has been missing, in my opinion, is one, a level of awareness of what's going on at all times. It's not micromanaging. It's not meddling. It's just an understanding and an awareness of what's going on. And then a level of accountability that has sometimes not been there. Like There won't be these moments where um, celebrating collaboration during a six-game losing streak will be something the team president props up and pumps his fists and cheers about it will be you guys lost six games in a row that's unacceptable let's spend two days trying to figure out what happened during the 42 day span where we didn't have a victory so like i i listen you can't understate that to an organization that has has been really so willing over time certainly in my 10 years and certainly longer in my opinion uh just shrugging past mediocrity with the oh well You know, we'll try to get it right eventually. That's not going to happen under Kevin Warren. People aren't going to be able to say, oh, well, Tim, Kevin Warren will not stand for it. And uh, you you better uh, be ready for uh, what one source described to me today was it was going to be a TNT explosion in that building in terms of just the impact of like, oh, man, the culture here is changing and I better be ready to change with it.
1: And when that change begins, uh, we'll go over the timeline on Tuesday, as you said They will introduce Kevin Warren in a noon press conference at Howell's Hall. Ted Phillips, who has been on the job for a very long time, he leaves at the end of February. And the press release suggested and stated that uh, Kevin Warren will begin in the spring of 2023. So this will be a gradual process, shifting of uh, responsibilities. And I think that obviously there's some loose ends that Kevin Warren might have to tie, tie up with the Big Ten because you just don't leave a job like that. He's leaving on top. And I also think that's the other part of it, Dan. As much as we can talk about being comfortable in that professional sports environment that Kevin Warren has worked in with the Vikings, with the Rams, with the Lions, it just maybe feels more comfortable to him. There's also the reality that he's leaving the Big Ten (laughs) job at the best possible time. There's a sense that when you talk to people around the Big Ten, what more can he do? Yes. Expansion? Check. Right, Steele? Check. In some ways, you could only go down from there, and now he inherits a job or takes over a job. You can only go up. Can only, go up. You can
0: only go up. There's no doubt about it. I just added a question to my to my list for Tuesday, and it's how do you know LeBron? <laughs> no kidding. Right? Like there's there's some things we gotta get to there that, are, that I think are significant. I, I don't think I
1: don't think Chicago was prepared for an organization. Uh, you, uh, historically run by George McCaskey to be this cool. Uh, like that's another word that
0: comes up when you talk to people about Kevin Warren, they say he's slick, he's smooth, right? Like he, he comes into the room and he's a presence. He's a, you know, a, a big dude with a, a deep voice and an ability to command a room instantly, you know? And so that, that there is going to be something, To that, another quick little footnote on the on the football side of things that was brought up to me today um, was that look like you're not going to have a team president, you know scouting draft prospects. You're not going to have a team president going over free agency signings and trying to figure out which one makes sense. You're not going to have a team president pouring over game fill every week. But what he can do is try to enhance the experience for everyone in the building, coaches and players alike, and that there's an attention to detail that Kevin has that he's receptive to how can I make your job better? Is there an amenity in this building that we can add that will make you more productive, make you more comfortable, make you more energized? And and when you start to add those things up, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10, 11 things at a time, all of a sudden you add amenities to a a program and 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 all of a sudden a lot of things go up the morale goes up sometimes the production goes up and and it's not to be taken for granted
1: you can't take that for granted that is sort of the unspoken part of it you just don't recognize or realize the impact until you have somebody who just changes uh, changes everything about the building. You used the word presence before and I think that's the best word okay. to apply here. The people who have worked with Kevin Warren consistently use that word to describe the impact he has on wherever he is. And uh, we, we overuse sometimes the word gravitas in mm-hmm. sports, but I think he'll bring it to Hallis Hall.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to say for it?
1: The question that I think will persist, Dan, and I don't think we'll ever adequately get the answer to. Maybe you have uh, talked to people who have a better sense of this, but as far as we can tell, the commissioner of the Big Ten likely made, according to USA Today and, and uh, records and things that are public, he made probably around five million dollars a year in salary.
0: North of it, yep.
1: And, and nor- so, if, if it's between five and six million dollars a year in salary, my sense would be that that's more than the Bears have ever paid a team president. I don't know what Ted Phillips was making as team president, but I don't think it was that. And so when you look at what they pay football coaches, when you look at what they pay executives, the Bears are entering a territory where their team president now likely makes more than their football coach. Maybe it's a new day in the NFL, and that is not going to be as unusual as as it seems right now, especially at Hallis Hall. What is your sense of the role compensation played in this entire pursuit?
0: Well, what I was told a couple of weeks ago by someone that's in the know enough to be informed on this type of thing is that if there was any reservation by the Chicago Bears about paying Kevin Warren what he th- felt like he deserved and certainly was going to be um, commensurate with what he was making at the Big Ten, Kevin would just show them. All the revenue streams he was about to open for them with the stadium project and all of the, the the fountains of money that are going to be pouring into the organization to say, oh, OK, you're scared about paying me those two million dollars more. Here's how I can make you seven million dollars more. Right. Like, and so like conversations like that, I, I think they were able to get their arms around. It'd be interesting when we finally find out. I'm hoping to track it down uh, sooner rather than later, just the length of the contract that Kevin's coming uh, under and, and then obviously we want to get a number attached to that as well to be fully informed on that. That's going to be a little, take a little more digging, but uh, the lines are cast and, and, and we'll see which direction it goes.
1: If I had to hazard a guess and I'm not going to put you in that situation, um, I would think that if it's any, it can't be fewer than five years. I, I don't think you make a move like this without that kind of security on either side of the equation if you're the bears you want a five-year commitment if you're kevin warren you want five-year security yeah you look at the the task at hand i think you've been saying this all along 2027 would be the ideal uh so-called soft launch opening of the whatever we're going to call the stadium at arlington heights so a five-year contract would make sense to me if it's longer than that i would understand it if it were shorter than that i would worry
0: I was told that there's a possibility that it will be called the Take the North Pod Stadium in Arlington <laughs> okay. Heights. So okay. we're just trying to pool some resources together to get that that partnership together.
1: Well, and after, we'll see after Stud's car wash on Saturday, maybe <laughs> we can have a few more uh, coins to add to the, the hat. That would I, will,
0: I will say this. Ted Phillips was in that role for 24 seasons. Kevin will not be in that role for 24 seasons. That much we know at this point. I think he's just shy of his 60th birthday at this point, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so we'll, we'll see See what direction it goes. Uh, do you have time for a couple quotes here that I that I, I want to read you about from some 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 folks told me today that that may energize you?
1: Yes, absolutely. We're going to get to the other big topic, the number one overall draft pick and the latest speculation about that. But let's get to the reporting you did and what people had to say about Kevin Warren becoming the next president. So I'm going to share
0: some some fun ones and then some energizing ones. By the way, I think you can probably hear uh, the zeal in my voice for this hire. And and for those who do you want to throw the meme on Twitter and say Danny Downer, like Danny's excited today. Like I think the Bears have have, have made a smart uh, decision that's really good for their for their franchise and for what they. Need. i
1: I'm, I'm leading with that on Twitter. <laughs> when we post this, I'm going to let people know we're going to announce that on January 12th. Dan Wiederer in a good mood.
0: <laughs> so here here's my favorite quote of the day, uh, which came from someone who 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 knows these things. This is about Kevin Warren, and he said, "If it's a shoe size contest, Kevin will find the way to be Bob Lanier." <laughs> size 24 (laughs) so 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 you can you can extrapolate on that one any way you want uh and and take that there um but so listen like the, the think big energy and ambition and push to all those around him to match that sort of energy is constant with kevin warren i had one source tell me that that looked like many days it's invigorating, some days it's exhausting, often days it's both. And so people that work under Kevin Warren better be prepared for that, that that, that combination of invigoration and exhaustion that is constant, it doesn't turn off. It's every single day. uh, And he's gonna push and push and push people in that building. Here's another quote uh, about how Kevin can impact the Bears quickly. He said, Kevin is an animal with everything he does and everything he's ever done. The Bears have never had anyone like him in that building. There are going to be people there who absolutely love this. And the people who have been in duck and cover mode for all these years, they are going to head for the woods. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but we know what he was referring to. because yes. The bears have not hired anybody like this. Uh, and, and this is off the top of my head. The last time I could remember the bears historically hiring somebody who maybe injected or caused everybody to sit up a little straighter. And it was business a little bit different. had to be Mike Ditka. Yeah. Probably Mike Ditka as the head coach. And that was over 40 years ago. I just don't think people are used to this sort of experience entering the building. My first reaction on the air is the news was breaking. uh, And and it probably wasn't didn't come off as as, um, respectfully as I might have liked. But I said, the adult has entered the room. And that's the feeling, I think, at House Hall they're going to get.
0: The bar is going to be raised. And and so here's the last quote that, that sort of touches on everything you just said and what we've been talking about here. This is from a prominent league source who said, let's be honest, the Bears have been a rudderless ship for a long time. This here is about culture change. The first order of business will be Kevin figuring out how to clean up the place. You have to get rid of a lot of dead wood, and that doesn't happen in five minutes, but you make it happen. And then you have to establish a concrete vision and a development of culture where there has been none for a long, long time. It isn't as if Chicago has been on the map recently as one of the NFL's great destinations, and it is one of the great destination franchises in all of sports. Let's face it. It's a coveted opportunity, but now you are trying to put yourself right back on the map with relevance and achievement, and that will happen.
1: That's a great quote. That's a great quote. And you did a terrific job of mining your sources and using your experience. You covered the Vikings for a couple of years. You've covered the league for a long time. And so when stories like this pop up, you're on top of it and that, that helps our audience.
0: Well, as you know, sometimes these things fall right into your wheelhouse. And so you, you're not making calls as much as accepting calls. And this morning was one of those where I was doing both and it'd be, I, I'd be on the phone with one person, another call would be coming in and you'd have to hit the, can I call you right back quick? quick button and then just be on a constant stream of calls, but certainly it's informative. And I think uh, there's a ton of reason to be energized by this as the first domino, as you said, in a, in a 2023, that's going to be full of uh, sort of landmark moments.
1: Okay. So before we uh, move on to draft talk, just to recap, Kevin Warren team president announced on Thursday on Tuesday, Next Tuesday, uh, the Bears will introduce Kevin Warren in a press conference at Hallis Hall. He will take over sometime in the spring of 2023 after Ted Phillips, who is the incumbent. He has had the job for a very long time. He is leaving at the end of February. So that is where we stand as far as team president goes. But by the way, there's another big story going on at Hallis Hall It concerns the number one overall draft pick. All right, Dan. So, so there's going to be chatter every day. It's fun. It can be exhausting. It can be uh, a lot to digest. You want to separate fact from fiction, speculation that is real or some that's irresponsible, but the bears with the number one overall pick, the biggest question this week, I think has been nationally, maybe even locally a little bit. Would they dare take a quarterback? And I, I think it's been answered different ways. I know how I feel, but have you heard that been the most constant refrain, or or the most constant question asked?
0: Hey, this was a topic uh, on the on the the crawl or the side of pardon the interruption this week. They were talking about the Bears and the number one pick and what to do with it, and and so yeah, it's been a a heavy uh, topic of conversation. It's got some intriguing nuance to it. There's a lot of decision that is involved in even entertaining a discussion like that. But I think it's gonna it's gonna be three plus months of kind of watching this discussion evolve and flow in different directions and come back to the center and then go the other way. Uh, it's it's fascinating because it, there's, there's certainly um, an obligation by Ryan Poles to consider everything because that's what you're paid to do in that chair. And you're paid to, to think boldly. You're paid to look at things from every single angle. And so now with a quarterback that you obviously like for a lot of different reasons, and then a prospect of what could we do if we used the number one pick on someone we might also like, more? How do you balance those things? And what do you what do you look at when you're making that decision? I think I've been kind of clear about what I would do if I were Ryan Poles, which is let 2023 play out with Justin Fields, see where his developmental arc takes him, and then come back next year at this time and figure out which direction you want to go. But there's certainly no wrong answer to this, and it's up no. to Ryan Poles to figure
1: it out. There's a lot of opinions, and that's great. That's part of the fun part of speculating about the draft. But the Take the North podcast will be the see it through guys. We want them (laughs) to see it through. I think that's a good way to put it with Justin Fields. I don't recommend they take a quarterback at number one. We're going to process all the people that do and all the people that don't, and that's going to be an ongoing thing. There are 15 weeks until the draft, people, so stick with us. But today, on Thursday, as we tape this, Jalen Johnson, went on the Spark- Parkins and Spiegel show on 670 The Score. You can check out the replay of that on 670 to scorecom on your Odyssey app if you want to hear it for yourself. But this was his quote. Jalen Johnson asked about the Bears taking a quarterback with the number one overall selection. Quote, I almost feel like that's a waste of a draft pick. If you let me tell it, I just believe in Justin. In a sense, I don't feel like there's another quarterback in this draft that's better than Justin if you ask me. But I don't know. Maybe if somebody else believes there's a savior in this draft class at quarterback, hey, I'm all marbles in, all chips in on Justin. That's Jalen Johnson.
0: Not just the chips, but the marbles too. So, <laughs> if hey,
1: you're throwing the marbles, you know he needs it.
0: <laughs> so, Jalen is also applying for seating in the uh, See It Through Club Lounge at the new <laughs> Take the North Pod Stadium, right? So, we've got we've got a lot of things coming together here in one podcast. I mean, I I don't think that that, that that's surprising or wrong in any way. I think that just that Justin earned. Um, the confidence, belief, and trust of all those guys in the locker room this year, with the way he goes about his business, and certainly with the juice that he brought to a stadium when he made those big plays, like that's that's undeniable uh, elite level NFL juice there. And so, when you feel that as a player, of course, you're going to be uh, supportive of that guy. You're going to have that guy's back. And so, uh, yeah, certainly within the building, I think there, there's there's going to be that sentiment pretty prevalent. Um, and then, you know, obviously, uh, again, we've talked about it. If Ryan Poles chose to go in a different direction, it might be the the boldest decision in chicago sports uh, management history
1: just a cross section of the type of opinions that we've gotten this week just on being on on the air uh every morning 5 30 to 10. so mike tannenbaum was uh-huh. on uh the four letter network espn the former general manager said that he would trade Justin Fields. And he would be willing to do that and move on to another quarterback, Dan Pompey, the hall of famer who a former colleague of ours at the tribune now works for the athletic was on Thursday morning on the Mullen Haas show. And he said, don't be, don't be guaranteed. Don't think that it's a guarantee that the the bears are going to find a trade partner for the number one, overall pick teams as desperate as they might be for quarterback might be reluctant because of the quality of this draft class at the position. So I think you're going to continue to get those opinions and then things will flesh out once they begin the workout phase once you start to get maybe eyes on on the prospects and have a better idea of just exactly where they are
0: well, if you rewind two years, if, you, if you're if you the New York Giants, you're willing to go back to, you know, 20 on the draft board from 11. If you're at number one, you're probably not willing to go back to 20 with a quarterback needy team, right? And so there's going to be a spot on that draft board where where Ryan Pohl says that we can't go further than that. Like, we have to leave this draft with an immediate starter Right with our first draft pick, and, and what level is that at? What 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 level uh, does that kick in? And so that's part of the equation as well. It's not just finding a trade partner; it's finding a, a, a parameters to how far you're willing to go back. And so they're going to have to to make all those decisions. Look, like May is going to be a fascinating time because we're going to be able to turn our lens backward. And look at everything that has happened and look at it with a, oh, so that's all it turned up. Or, oh, holy cow, they got themselves an entire garage full of picks and resources to use for years to come. And and so somewhere in there, there's going to be a really fun story to figure out.
1: Well, the Bears somehow have to find a way, I think, to multiply and use that one pick to get several either first round picks in the future or mid round picks that matter. Or maybe go from first to second and then second to fourth or second to wherever if they could do it twice it'd be all the better but the fact is i think the percentages are higher that they will trade the pick than they won't as we sit here uh in mid-january but again there's a lot to discuss it should it should point out this as everybody is doing their research i'm sure it's been on chicagotribune.com it's been in the athletic it's been on chicagobears.com there have been five trades Involving the top three picks in the past seven drafts, five trades. I think that's, that says that in, in, in the past seven drafts, five yeah. trades involving the top three picks tells you that, that if you have, you know, people w- willing to go up to get the right player that they feel like changes their franchise, They'll do it. That goes, that
0: goes back to the golf wentz draft, is that right? The, yes, the, the,
1: the, yes. Guy. That was in 2016, right? That was yep. Uh, yep. the Titans traded down from number one to number 15 to the, and the Rams. Browns,
0: and the Browns traded with Philly in the Wentz trade.
1: So that, those were the two in 16. In 2017 was the Mitch Trubisky- Oh, what was yeah. that
0: one again? I don't know about that one. When Brian
1: Pace gets <laughs> fleeced. I think that was that uh, draft. 2018, the Colts traded down from three to six with the Jets. The Jets take Sam Darnold at three because they were compelled that he was their guy. And then 2021, the Dolphins trade down from three to 12 and uh, for the 49ers, and the 49ers move up again to get Trey Lance. So usually when these dr- big moves are made and five in the past seven drafts, it revolves quarterback
0: and that doesn't go all the way back to rg3 which is one i reference a lot because that was one where everyone thought the rams got this bounty of uh uh, of picks and then ultimately five years up the road it was like oh all those guys were kind of shrug worthy and they didn't really turn into uh franchise changing impact guys so that's part of this equation as well
1: two questions for you i think I, i just get your opinion again we can flesh this out and maybe look deeper into it is there such a thing as draft inflation Or is there a draft recession? I guess what I'm asking is because of what other teams got in the last five years, does the price keep going up? Or does the price have a point of diminishing return for some teams just because, you know, maybe the the Browns got what they got in the Wentz trade or the Titans? Does that apply? What the Bears are looking at this year with the teams they might be dealing well,
0: with. Well, like some of it is what you mentioned a couple of minutes ago. It's supply and demand, and it's it's how many teams are willing to take more than one guy i think part of the flaw in ryan pace's uh, activity in 2017 is it was mitch and, and only mitch he had convinced himself that he couldn't sit at number three and wait and settle for a, a patrick mahomes or deshaun watson you know if somebody took mitch at two he wasn't willing to do that and so when you're not willing to do that you you, you kind of are willing to pay more which is why you spend an entire offseason trying to uh stay in deep cover on your interest in a quarterback. And then still on draft night, you get so itchy that you go up and trade a whole bunch of picks to move up one slot on the board. So like it's supply and demand and it's just how in love with one specific guy are you that you can't live with the thought of settling for another guy, you know? And so that that's where it is. Like, like the bears in, in um you know, in 2021 what if Denver had taken Justin Fields at eight, would they have felt compelled to come up from 20 to 11 for Mac Jones at that point? Don't know, you know, don't, don't know at that point how desperate they were and and, and where where their stance was. So there's a lot of factors that, that, uh, that make it complicated to figure out.
1: I reserve the right to change my mind because the workouts are what the workouts are, but I don't see one of these three quarterbacks, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, or Will Levis as being the kind of guys that you fall in love with head over heels if you're an executive that you abandon all your good judgment just for the sake of getting one of those guys in your building now desperation causes people to do a lot of different things uh we are in a city and we do cover a team where ryan ryan pace fell head over heels for mitch trubisky so it can happen but i don't see that being the case because i just don't see one of those generational guys that, right. that looks like it's worth all of that.
0: I'm with you. The only guy that comes close is Bryce Young and and you hear from people that if you could just give him, you know, 3 inches of height and 40 pounds on his frame that you would you would go all in on that guy, but he's so slight and he's so little and there's so many questions on on how uh he'll be able to endure in the league with that kind of frame that it it, it just kind of lessens the value there it's going to be fascinating you know it's going to there's going to be ebbs and flows and fake leaks and real leaks and everything else over the next few months that create widespread speculation it's all part of the nfl's grand plan to keep interest high for three and a half months until we get to uh, draft weekend
1: last thing i have in terms of prospects brad biggs on our show on thursday morning reminded me that the bears turned down the chance to be send their coaches and their coaching staff to the east-west shrine game in vegas and that surprised me a little bit, Dan, because of how many, um, how important this draft is to those coaches, and how important this draft class is. I wanted to get your opinion because I know it's not the Senior Bowl where most of the top prospects go, but I just still think it's an opportunity. Heck, the Patriots and the Falcons' staffs will be there, and my sense is if Bill Belichick thinks it's important, then I should think it's important. Why did the Bears turn it down, and what do you think of that?
0: Well, it used to be that that you know this these coaching staffs would have gone to the Senior Bowl. The East-West Shrine Game has taken on an elevated platform for the league here, and so that's why the, the those two coaching staffs will have an opportunity to do it. I think that you know the Bears were were overseeing the. Senior Bowl in 2017, they were one of the two coaching staffs there, and there was some thought process there that it was really going to inform their draft process. And I think they ended up only picking one guy out of that game in their draft class. And I couldn't even tell you who it is off the top of my head. So that tells you how much they actually gleaned from the process. I think some of this was just a practical decision by Ryan Poles of understanding that this staff hit the ground running a year ago in January and has been grinding and grinding and grinding. And there's a point where you just need to come up for air and you need to decompress a little bit and get away from it to keep your productivity levels high. I think they think they can do their scouting and their their intel gathering in a lot of different ways in the coming months with visits and pro days and everything else. And so they just chose to, to take a week to exhale a little bit, which uh, we can all relate to at this time of year. And so I think that's a general manager looking out for his guys a little bit. And I don't really have a, a strong objection to that decision.
1: Good. That's a reasonable answer. I guess that can be reasonable when it comes to Those kind of things. Yeah. And, you know, I just thought maybe they wanted a week in Vegas and a chance to, (laughs) uh, you know, cut loose a little bit, but that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Anything else before we wrap things up that you came across? that uh, is worth mentioning before we drop this one.
0: No, I was saying before we came on the air that we picked a hell of an offseason to have as our first offseason uh, on the Take the North pod because we are not going to run out of things to talk about. I mean, I've got lists of things that we that will get us to March and then March will have a free agent class in here and then beyond that we'll have the draft starting. So this is going to be a lot of fun this offseason and, and, and usually I don't say that because the offseason can be a little bit of a, a, a grind at times um, and this one's going to be anything but because of the interest level and the the landmark things that the bears can do starting obviously with today's hiring of, uh, of kevin warren
1: keep track of everything including our schedule on take the north pod at take the north pod on twitter because we will respond as news happens and i think next week could be a newsy week there's gonna be a lot of things along the way there are decisions to be made about uh, a lot of different things and how it affects the bears uh, number one overall draft pick uh and just a couple housekeeping things this will drop friday morning then we'll do a regather and regroup for next week. On Tuesday, they introduce Kevin Warren.
0: By the way, Roquan Smith, AFC Defensive Player of the Month for the Baltimore Ravens. So quite a week for him getting paid, getting $100 million in his bank account, and then AFC Defensive Player of the Month honors as well.
1: But but Dan, he doesn't play a premium position. <laughs> How in the world can he be honored? He doesn't play a premium position. How could he be rewarded anything more than what the money he's being paid? I friend think of, I keep hearing that.
0: friend of the podcast, Jeff Sreeback, who covers the Ravens for The Athletic, actually got in touch with Ray Lewis and had some who had some glowing quotes about what he thinks about Roquan Smith as a linebacker. One of them was, I love Roquan, which is something that uh, I don't think the Bears reciprocated. And and so it's just an interesting footnote that if uh, if we had more time, we could do a whole 20 minutes on Roquan.
1: There's plenty of time to bask in that (laughs) because that one's not going away. And I don't think that is going to be decision That ages well for Ryan Poles. But, hey, we've been positive and enthusiastic this podcast. Let's not bring the mood down with Roquan Smith regrets.
0: No. I mean, look, like uh, Danny Downer comes out of his shell every once in a while and gives you a jolt of energy, and so here it was today.
1: Here it is today. We did it. All right, and we will be back next week. The bottom line is the Bears announced Kevin Warren as their team president. Check us out. Download the Take the North pod listen, subscribe. You can get it on the free Odyssey app or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out 670 to score the YouTube channel. You can watch us there. You can watch us on the Odyssey's YouTube channel. You can find us if you try hard enough. Thank you for listening today and watching wherever you are. I'm Dan Weeder, I'm David Haw. Talk to you next week. Great talk. See you out there.